I know it's good morning to you. If you're just joining us today, this is gospelbellstudio.com. And it's always a pleasure to have you with us. It's Friday, the 3rd of November, 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Ogunto. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. You can follow Gospel Best Radio on Twitter at Gospel Best Radio. And one of our listeners, one of the sisters I love so very much, uh, sent me a video uh, recently. Uh, it's the video of an interview conducted, I believe, in Ghana because from the accents of uh, both the presenter and the guest, uh, one should be able to uh, to place the nationality of this person. So I believe this was recorded in Ghana. I do not know the identity of both the interviewer and his guest, but it will appear that uh, the guest is someone of consequence, I suppose, in the, co- in the culture uh, there in Ghana. But a very young person, perhaps an actor, perhaps a singer, but someone of, of consequence in Ghana. And he was interviewed about about religious things, about spiritual things, about Christian matters. And his responses were quite, quite fascinating, I would say. Quite a, a fascinating. Some would say offensive to the Christian conscience. Of course, offensive to the biblical worldview. But interesting enough, and I think it deserves attention, I, I know it's one of those WhatsApp videos that have been, uh, that have been shared, forwarded many times because... Well, he raised issues that are not true, as we are going to see shortly, but issues that would readily capture capture the imagination of people and, of course, would, some people would say, give more fuel, more fuel to, uh, to the fire raging in the heart of atheists and those who are rebellious against, against the godly order. I want to play, play some clips uh, out of this. As I play the, as I play the clip, rather, I'll, I'll pause at some point just to respond because it is always important for us uh, to be able to respond to these things, to be able to respond to these things. Uh, Apostle Peter, he, 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 Apostle Peter wrote, saying, in your heart, magnify him as God but be always prepared be always prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you Apostle Peter wrote that in 1 Peter 3 15 saying but in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect always be prepared that part is always important for us as believers and when we are confronted with issues like this we must always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that we have some will say maybe this boy is not asking us but hey, we feel asked <laughs> okay let's listen to some bit of this interesting uh, interesting uh, interesting interview who created you? Good. Okay. who created you my mother. She gave birth to me. No, Adupa, you didn't get my question very well. Who created you? I believe through science, human beings were born, not created. And if human beings were created in the first place, I never got to see God as my father or God as my mother. The only person who cared for me is my mother. She buys my clothes. She buys my food. She pays my fees. She does everything. God doesn't do anything for me. And if I'm supposed to stand here and say he has done something for me, I'm supposed to ask. And I say he gave money to my mother. He never came and said my mother should collect the money that he's giving. So you don't want to be a Christian? No. 
Well, okay, the first response here, and, and this is just the opening part of this interview, where this young person said, well, uh, God did not create me, my mother created me. The As much as we must be gentle and respectful, the answer is straight from the Bible. It is the fool who says in his heart that there is no God. That's the reason why we have that in the Bible. Because you look at a statement like this, and you must rightly place it as the statement of a fool. This is a, this is a person who, and I'm losing biblical language, this is a person who is saying, God did not create me, my mother created me. How, how, how vacuous, how more vacuous could one be when thinking of matters like, th- matters like that? I mean, the next question would be, who created your mother then? And uh, before your mother was, there was, or maybe there still is, uh, your mother's mother, your grandmother. Before your grandmother was, there was your grandmother's mother. Before your grandmother's mother was, there was a grandmother's mother's mother. Who created them? Right. So you see statement like this, offensive to the biblical worldview, but would appear to to the secular and so-called rational thinking mind to say, well, uh, the only person I know is the person that gave birth to me. And, I, and we can see the point when when uh, secular thinkers want to go along this line to say, look, it is only the person you can see, the person who, who nurtured you, the person who took care of you, the person from whose body you came, who, who, who gave you milk when you were young, who cared for you, who nurtured you to adult. It's only the person you can see uh, that, uh, that, you can, that you can know and you can acknowledge. If it does not exist, if you cannot touch it, if you cannot touch it, then it does not exist. That's the thinking uh, from this uh, this part of the uh, from this part of the secular thinking society. But the but the clear answer is that it does not give the full answer. If you can, if you cannot explain how the persons you acknowledge themselves came to be, you must see that your worldview is truly truly incomplete. Who created you? My mother. Okay, this is taking us back. Yes, to move on. You know, why don't you forgive us for sins? Christian. No. What do you want to be? So which, where do you fall? Where do you belong? The traditional belongings. So do you pour libation? Mm, yep, I do. At your age, you pour libation? Yes, I've done that before. To who? My ancestors. Your ancestors. <laughs> that is what you believe in? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? That he came to die for our sins? Do you believe that? Okay, so again, let's pause. This is somebody who is rebelling against uh, the biblical worldview, who is rebelling against God, his existence, and his power. But uh, in, his, in, in answer to the question of whether he... He worships anything. He answers by saying yes. Uh, he posts libation from time to time. To whom? Hugged the interview. said to my ancestors. To my ancestors. And again, this brings home to us that uh, biblical worldview that uh, there is no middle line between acknowledging God and worshiping him and not doing so. There's no middle line. There's no third way. There's no third way that says, okay, I do not acknowledge God. Right? Uh, but then I'm just on my own. I'm not doing anything at all. There are some, of course, who will say, well, I don't even pour libation, I don't do anything, but it's a lie because there must be something that a man worships. Even those who who, who do not uh, pour libation on idols and ancestors, you know what, what they worship? They worship self. They are worshiping themselves. There must be a God that a person is worshiping. 
So those who claim not to worship anything are worshiping themselves and, of course, offending uh, the commandment of God. But I just want to bring out again where we started from, that it is the fool who says in his heart that there is no God. Now, see that the Bible is right in this case. The person who is denying the Almighty God simply because he cannot see him, simply because he cannot touch him, do you know what he's doing? He's spoiling libation on, on ancestors, on ancestors that he cannot see. So, uh, be reminded, there Christian pilgrim, reminded people of the Lord's side that the Bible is absolutely correct when the Bible says it is the fool that says there is no God. It says, I cannot see him. I did not see him when I was born. He did not take care of me. He did not, he did not give me me. He did not nurture me. It was my mother who did all that. And therefore, I don't acknowledge him as my creator. But now, he, he's saying, well, he the post-libation, what on ancestors, on the spirit of ancestors that he cannot see. And we are reminded now of Psalm 115 verse 8, reminding us that, you see, those who make them, those who go after other gods, those who pour libation on these people, on these things, we must say, on on these small letter G gods, these idols of silver and gold made by human hands, and even if you don't have them uh, in that form, created by human imagination. These are ancestors created by human imagination. They have mouths, but cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. And then, verse 8, I love it. It says, those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. So uh, that that description of of idols is the description of those of 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 non entities of useless things, having hands but what unable to walk, mouth but unable to speak, useless things. Those who make them are just like them. New Living Translation. New uh, Those who make them are like them. Are like them, and we should not hesitate to call them out as being like that. You see, those who will not worship. I mean, Psalm 16, the sorrows, their sorrows multiply, who hasten after another God. Their sorrows multiply. So the person who will not take on uh, the worship of Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty, do you know what he's ready to do to pour libation on ancestors that cannot, ancestors who could not save themselves from death, right? Ancestors who could not save themselves, ancestors who have gone, right? And, and we see the folly of that. Info. Who created you? My mother. Okay, this is always going back. I'm sorry for that. Let's let's no one hell. We don't have any way to talk to you. So how do you forgive us in the first place if we are there? That is why whilst you are on this Because if he is the Almighty and he didn't want us to sin, he should have just made sin not exist. He could have made the word sin not exist. So why did you create sin in the first place if you don't want us to sin? It means you are setting up a trap for human beings to sin. It means you intentionally created hell as a hell hole for people to go in. And that doesn't make sense if you keep on thinking about it a million times. So, I don't actually think he's almighty in a way, because if you're almighty, you could have not stopped sin. And now we are sinning, you are trying to forgive us for sin. So if you're all forgiven, why don't you forgive us for sins? And when we're in hell, we don't have any way to talk to you. So how do you forgive us in the first place if we are there? That is why, whilst you're on this earth, you don't have to commit any 
Okay, and here, this young person, I do not actually know it, it may be somebody who just has uh, like a youngish voice, but it's not that young. If you see the video itself, you're not able to place his age. But it's raising a question that has taunted so many people throughout generations. If there are questions that are tackled in seminaries, tackled in theological schools, uh, every time, the problem of sin. And uh, that was time we had to write essays on the problem of sin. The problem of sin, because what's the problem of sin when you define it from an academic and uh, intellectual point of view is the problem of who created sin how did sin come to be and uh, is there any creator aside from god how did how did sin come to be then the question of well how do we solve the 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 problem of sin how do we get out of it who created it how did it come to be uh, if it was not created by god who did and is it not the person who created it who can who can defeat it and and those questions they seem fascinating they seem even are consequential. Sometimes they seem like really deep questions that should be engaged. But I would say that they seem that engaging for those who would not accept the biblical worldview. Right? It, it's a failure of accepting the biblical worldview. It's a question of unbelief. Now, the, the Bible teaches very clearly uh, what is the genesis of sin. Sin is not a created being. So uh, when you hear people saying who created sin, that is the wrong question in itself. It's not a created being. Sin is not created. Sin at its core is simple disobedience. Sin is disobedience when a person chooses to, to disobey his maker, to do what the maker has said not to do. That is disobedience, right? That is, so sin is at its core disobedience. And how did it come about? The Bible is clear on how sin came about. Sin came about because man disobeyed God. Because man disobeyed God, uh, you have to accept the Genesis 3 account on the fall of man, and you must accept that man that man sinned by disobeying God. That is what sin is. Sin is not a created being so as to say, oh, someone who created it. Now, now, when you answer that, we and say that, oh, it is because man sinned uh, and that sin continues to attach to all generations of human beings. And then you are saying to yourself, well, couldn't God have made man unable to sin? And that's, it. that's where, again, when you hear a question like that, that you are confronted with the, uh, with the folly of those who rebel against God. Now, what God, what God did when he created man was to make man in his own image. He did not create a zombie. What those who are saying, couldn't God have made man not able to disobey him and therefore not able to sin. Those who are saying that, what they are saying essentially is that oh, man should have made, God rather, should have made man as, as, as a zombie, as a zombie, as, as something to be controlled, as a robot. But you know what God has done? If you read some age, you see the glory of creation and how God has placed man at the top, at the top, the crown of God's creation. He created man in his own image, we read from Genesis. But of man, this is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? You have made him just a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the best of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the parts of the seas. That is how God made man, making him the crown of the creation. So when secular thinkers, when atheists, when rebellious people say, well, couldn't go, who, who created sin? Sin was not created by God. Sin is not a created being. It's not a created thing. Sin is disobedience. 
at its core. And then when they ask the follow-up question, why couldn't God have made man not able to disobey? You are saying you you are wishing that you were created, uh, you are created lower in the creation order than you have been created. You are not thankful. Can you see the depravity of a man like that? A man that is not that is not thankful that he has been made in God's image. That is not thankful that he has been put on top of the uh, of the of the cre- created order. A man, a, 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 a being that is not thankful that he has been given such such independence to think. And then you see these people at the end of this uh, of this clip, if we're able to get this very end, you find this person now celebrating the glory of technology and saying that instead of instead of spending all our time, you know, seeking after God, we should be thinking of developing technology. But if you have been created as robots, if you had been created as robots that cannot think for for itself, would you would you be able to uh, to then make all these discoveries in science, in technology, in the arts, you not know, the wonderful things that human beings have done. In the arts, in music, in, in in literature, in the sciences, in technology, just think. Even in, in the area of food, the, the great things that human beings are able to do uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to do them if we were made like robots. And then the final answer to the problem of sin is that the secular mind, the rebellious mind, refuses to accept what the Bible teaches, that the problem of sin has been solved. This gentleman, I was saying in the clip we just played that you see, now we have a problem. Somebody is now saying, we have sin, we have sin. And that's why, why did he decrease sin in the first place? Why do we have to deal with sin in the first place? But hey, the problem of sin has been solved. Has it not been solved? The Bible teaches us, John 3, 16, whoever believes in him will not perish, will have eternal life because the problem of sin has been solved. Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. Second Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Colossians 2 from verse 13, uh, yes, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness and of course first peter 3 18 as well for christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to god he was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit and of course remember jude jude 24 it says the aim is able to present us faultless faultless before god's throne of grace so when you hear argument like that again do not forget to remind such people that one, uh, sin is not a created being. Sin is disobedience by man recorded in Genesis 3. And God made man to have will so that man would be something of consequence to the glory of God. To the glory of God. How would a person wish to have been made as a wood, as a wood, as a robot, as a stick, rather than as man that can think? And of course, finally, when people say, you see, sin is always afflicting us, and that's our problem. It has been solved. It has been solved. It's only for you to accept the solution for sin. I mean, let's take something. Let's take one more thing from this video before moving on to uh, to other stories. Info. Who created you? <laughs> Do you believe in deliverance? Do you know deliverance? Giving birth. No deliverance. Somebody being prayed for, and the person. 
uh, comes under the unction uh, under the unction of the Holy Spirit and the person falls down. Do you believe in that? No, I think it's fake. You don't believe that one day a pastor will pray for you and you fall. Oh no, it won't even work. If it if it works, Christ, it's not going to be the pastor's work. It will be the energies that are in that room. People are poor and they are praying two, four, seven, but they are not getting anything. There is no God. Find a job and stop bragging about God. Now God is even if He's there, Christ is at His place doing something. <laughs> it's looking for food. Oh he, no! He, he, if He cares so much, He'll make you successful. People. Never pray to God and they just got money out of a containment hole. People got money for working. You have never I've never in my life heard that this man sat down and just kept on praying for five years and at the end of the day they got money. But you can hear that this guy worked hard in the government. The people who pray and they have a job but it's still not going on. So you don't believe in prayers? I believe prayers work but not to him. Because he himself, when we say a prayer to him, he, he doesn't use it. The prayer never comes to life. It's only when you yourself, you are doing it. If they say if you pass the exam, you get this, and you keep on praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying. And you don't learn. You don't get it. But if you don't even pray, you learn it. Okay, so you had that, that uh, closing part of that clip where this uh, gentleman was saying that, well, what's the point of prayer when uh, there's no proof that our prayer is ever answered? And, and of course, that's something to laugh at uh, when you hear people say there's no proof that prayers are had. I do hope that you do not need any convincing. I do not. I do hope that the audience to this uh, program uh that you do not need any convincing that prayers work, that prayers work. Yeah, you see, and what you find is that those who argue against biblical injunctions and precepts are people who do not believe at all. In another part, in another part of this clip, and if you request for it, I'll send it to you. Uh, this gentleman said in that interview that well, he has not, he has never read the Bible. I think he was lying there, but he, he did say to the interviewer that oh, he has never read the Bible. So you must be fascinated, really, that somebody who has never read the Bible is so convinced in his mind that the Bible is not true, right? That the Bible is not true because that offense against the very first rule in intellectual pursuit intellectual pursuit requires you to engage with any material with any worldview before you are able to either condemn or recommend or critique it but they say i have never read it and you see the point is for those who the, the unique thing about the bible the unique thing about the christian worldview the unique thing about god is that you will never understand the bible you never understand god until you believe him. And that's something to reflect on. Whereas the, the logical approach from human perspectives is to say that, well, I'm going to first try to understand and decide whether I will believe. But you know what? If you don't believe God, if you don't believe that he is God, and you take off the Bible, you never understand him. Accepting him as Lord comes before understanding him. And that is the truth about spiritual matters. You must accept that he is true. You must accept that he is right. You must accept that he is, he is great, that he is above all things. And then, and then, and only then will you be able to, 
to understand him. That is the way he has other things. He looks at those whose hearts are loyal to him, and then you know what he does? He reveals himself to them. He looks at those whose hearts are loyal to him, and then he reveals himself to them. And to those whose hearts are not loyal to him, he just looks at them. He looks at them and 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 let them and leave them, leave them to their depravity. And I do hope this has been helpful. I do hope this has been helpful in uh, in at least solidifying solidifying our knowledge base in reacting to uh, to push back like this from uh, from the popular culture. We should pray for people like that. Pray for somebody as young as that. Somebody as young as that who has taken it upon himself to. Uh, to be against God, who has taken upon himself uh, to fight against God, how futile, how futile, how how sad, really, how futile, how sad, how how it amounts to an object, an object waste of time, an object waste of time. I was saying earlier on uh, that the truth about spiritual matters is that you don't understand spiritual matters, you don't understand God, you don't understand God's ways, you don't understand God's way, you don't understand God's word until you first believe in him. You must approach him. When you take the Bible, you must approach it with an heart of with reverence, reverence and you must start from the point that it is true and then the Holy Spirit will then reveal the truth to you. In Jeremiah 12, 1, uh, something interesting there that we should reflect on. It says, Righteous art thou, O Lord, even though I dispute with thee. Even so, I will speak judgments with thee. If you read more recent versions, it says, It is the, it is the, the approach of a believer who wants to ask God questions. If a believer wants to ask God questions and wants to receive answers, the believer in spirit and in truth will go to God and say, Lord, I know you are right. I know you are perfect. I just don't understand this. Please let me understand it. But you have the rebellious mind. The rebellious mind will say, I know it's not righteous. It's not, I'm not even going to, uh, and then I will engage with him. And then the, the rebellious mind begins by putting questions, disputing with God and saying, no, disputing with God and saying, who are you? You are not even right. I'm, I, I, already have, I, I already have it figured out. But the humble heart that we receive from the Lord will say, righteous are thou, O Lord, even though I dispute with thee. Righteous are thou. I remember again what is what the psalmist wrote, Psalm 19, I believe, uh, is judgments are true and righteous altogether. Altogether. When taken altogether, whenever anybody approaches the Bible and God like that, that person will understand even much more than the person can imagine. Okay, and next on the Lord's side, I want to get to some other stories. Uh, this story from the culture, uh, this story of a Nigerian mother who shared her daughter's reaction to getting picked up from school with Keke Napep. I'm reading this from one of the popular blogs in Nigeria. A Nigerian mother, according to this report, shared... Okay, let, let me take it. It says, a Nigerian mother has shared her daughter's reaction to getting picked up from school with a tricycle popularly called just for uh, as context for those who may not be Nigerians or may not understand what this what this uh, kakenapep refers to, it is a tricycle that is popular in in places like 
uh, Mumbai in India. If you watch movies from, from India, you see, because they have such a large population, you will see those tricycles. And of course, those tricycles cannot in any way be said to be uh, to be decent. That's not where uh, you want to, to, to be found. I mean, you would want naturally to aspire to something better. I'm not saying that uh, people don't find themselves in Kekenape from time to time. Uh, yes, uh, but I'm just, we, uh, the reality is that in the social order of things, you would rather want to have a car uh, than always traveling or commuting in Kekenape, just the same way that uh, you would not want to uh, to always walk, but maybe to be driven. Even the person who drives a car would prefer to be driven, you know, and on and on, and on like that. Uh, the person who has uh, maybe a, a 1999 model or say a <laughs> 1983 model of a car would prefer all other things being equal uh, to have say a 2022 no 2023 model of car as I would prefer <laughs> I mean yes all other things being equal this is not advocating for covetousness this is just saying that I mean naturally you want good things which is not wrong in itself as long as you come by them uh, in, a, in a righteous way so uh, for so this Lady, according to this report, shared her daughter's reaction to be to have been picked up from school with a tricycle. According to this report, it says in the video shared online, the guests were heard saying they were embarrassed and were past the level of getting picked with kekenapep. One of them said their mother shouldn't have driven into the school with kekenapep. And I'm trying to picture a scene like this where, and, and you must know how children think nowadays, where uh, among themselves, they, I mean, because they are human beings, from an early age, they've caught up this horrible habit of each person trying to uh, try, trying to show that his or our own parents are richer than the parents of the other children. And I mean, we must discourage our children from engaging in things like this. Uh, but I can imagine the scene when maybe somebody who has put herself forward as coming from a rich and very comfortable home now uh, as is our mother coming into the school to pick him or to pick her up in Kekenape. Kekenape would be what the person who is not uh, who is not uh, I anywhere on the social ladder would be on. So this this woman shared the video saying her daughters were embarrassed and it reminded me of something from my secondary school days. I remember in, in secondary school then in the boarding house uh, that there was this senior we had just a year my senior who uh, had put himself forward as coming from a very rich home, from a, a privileged background. But on this particular day, a man came to visit him. The man did not drive into the into the school. Even in those days, when we were in secondary school, uh, people would stay outside on visiting days to see the kind of car uh, that uh, Mr. Ace, uh, that Senior Ace father uh, drives, uh, the kind of car that uh, Femi's father drives, another well, you know. But... The man came into the school, did not even drive, must have committed by public transport all the way from Lagos to uh, to Oyo, to Elizabeth Baptist High School in Oyo, and then got there. And you know what this this senior did? He denied him. He denied him. He said, no, that's not my dad. He said, that's not my dad. And he, and of course, he met with the man, but said to people around, oh, my dad sent his driver. That's what he said to us, that his dad sent his driver until somebody... Uh, 
punctured that line. Later on, it was much later that somebody visited their house and saw that it was the same man who uh, who visited him. And the person came back to school to tell us he was he was really embarrassed because people really embarrassed him. He denied his dad. He denied his dad. He said his dad was uh, was a driver, was their family driver because he did not come. You know, he did not come in a Rolls Royce. He did not come in a Mercedes Benz. He did not come even in any car at all. He, the man walked by foot. I mean, committed by public transport and then walked by foot into into the school. And it, and it, it, it should remind us, those of us who are on the Lord's side, we think from Christian perspectives, how, you see, our Lord himself did not come to us, you know, uh, in on chariots, on horseback. He did not come to us being uh, the the son of a king or an emperor, he came to us where in a manger as lowly as could be, as lowly as could be. And that is why up to today, there is always still that shame attached to those who worship Jesus Christ, those who proclaim him, proclaim him as Lord. Isaiah 53 from verse 2, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That's how our Lord came to us. And even on the cross, you look at the picture on the cross, beaten, hung on the tree like a mere criminal, like a mere criminal, hung on the tree like a mere criminal. And even today, you remember when Paul posed that question, asking the question, well, let us see where are the wise among you? Where are the rich? Where are the highly placed? It is not saying that we do not have rich people in our congregation. Not that we do not have wise and rich people uh, in the Christian in the in the fold of Christ. It is saying that when look at the population, the people who are the uh, the mega rich of this world are they in Christ? The people who are who are or rather the people who are regarded as mega rich, people who are regarded as wise in this age are they not the people who scoff at Christ? Because you see, it is it is it is it is. It is a calling of faith from beginning to the end. That's what Apostle Paul said to the people of Rome. The people of Rome have looked at Paul as being very foolish. I said, look, we want us to worship somebody who we cannot see. Somebody who was beaten, who was killed, who was still like a mere criminal in Jerusalem. That's the person who wants us to, to proclaim as Lord. And Paul said, well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It is because it is the way to salvation but it is by faith from beginning to the end. You have to accept it by faith from beginning to the end. And that is why we must not be ashamed of our Lord himself. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire. But you know, those who continue to look at Christ as the one who came in a manger, born in a manger, uh, beaten like a like a common criminal, hung on the tree in shame and ridicule. Those who continue to see him like that are those who forget that now Christ has been highly exalted. He has been highly exalted and at his name now, you know what happens? Every knee, every knee must bow. God has highly exalted him. He has given him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those who continue to look at Christ and become ashamed of him uh, because he was hung like a criminal should never forget the, the, the vision of Isaiah in Isaiah 6 and to see the glory and the majesty of our Lord. They should go and read the book of Revelation and see the one who sits on the throne. Uh, in one of the classes we held, the Reader's Club class, when we were reading Pilgrim's Progress Part 1, that was an episode where we 
we're reminded that it's our duty to shame the shame that attaches to following Christ. The shame that the shame the shame that attaches to being in the pilgrim way. We started this from talking about those children who felt embarrassed that their parent, that their mother uh, came to school to pick them up on Kekena Pep. I, I, re- I related the story of a senior in secondary school who would not acknowledge his father because the man traveled to Oyo uh, by public transport and walked on foot into the school. Well, let us not be like that. Let us not be like those who will refuse to associate with our Lord who would say, Hey, I don't want to be known with him. He has said it himself. If you are ashamed of me in this world, hey, I will be ashamed of you in the world to come. I will not acknowledge you as my own in this world and in the world to come. Okay, and next we want to go to this story. This is a story of a Nigerian lady who, according to this report, confronted another woman after spotting her sleeping on the road with her children three weeks after she rented a house for them. And this report says, a Nigerian lady who rented a house for a homeless woman homeless in court, and her children got angry when she spotted them sleeping on the road. According to the person who posted the video, she saw the mother and her kids on the road and decided to help them two days later. Two days later, she said she rented a house for them, bought a bed, gas cooker, gave her provision and paid for power. However, barely three weeks later, she spotted the same woman and her, and her children sleeping on the floor. She said when the woman saw her, she quickly told her kids to get up. When she asked the woman why they were sleeping on her, she claimed they were on their way home. On their way home, and there could be many things responsible for this. As some have said that, that the it is possible that okay. I ju- just hold on a bit. I uh, thank you, dear sister uh, Emilia, for joining us this morning. Uh, so you know, we, we spoke earlier on about that clip uh, from, from Ghana, uh, that young voice from Ghana uh, disparaging the Christian worldview. And we have uh, our dear sister, I believe she resides in Ghana. I'm trying to know you more, but from your name, I can guess. And God bless you. I appreciate uh, that you're always tuning in and we bless the name of the Lord for your life. Uh, this is what she has written. She said, send anonymously from Ghana. Yes, this clip from uh, okay, so we have the name of the parents of that boy. This is he, he, his son to somebody who is well known. The mother is, uh, is a singer. So he's a singer in Ghana, just like his mother, who is also a singer. 
we can search for our profile on the internet. Some of us have been praying for our deliverance, and that's so true. We should pray really for the deliverance of this person. So we see that the, that voice belonged to uh, somebody who is the son of a singer, he himself a singer, and, and I'm grateful that Christians in Ghana are already praying for the deliverance of that uh, of that boy and, and the mom, and we all should be doing that as well. Thank you very much. So, I mean, I go back to this story of the woman who claimed that she rented a house for a homeless woman only to find that uh, the homeless woman has gone back to street, to sleeping on the floor. Some on the floor. Some would say that this is because that's like a means of livelihood that she only uh, got accommodation for her but did not give her uh, a means of livelihood that she had to go back to that but that's no excuse really but it only reminds me of those who after they have been saved after they have been they have been uh, they have been delivered they go back to their vomit to their vomit uh, that it, it reminds me of that and again it reminds me of this passage from Ecclesiastes, where there's a description or where the, the preacher said, I've seen, okay, let me take it from another verse. I've seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. You see, uh, people who have been bought by the blood of Jesus, who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, sometimes you find them going back uh, to to. To, to dwell in sin, to worship other gods, and that is akin to, to stepping away from one's privileged position and going back to what one has been delivered from. Proverbs 26, 11, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. And that should not be us. That should not be mentioned among us who are on the Lord's side. We are people who have been saved. We should remain saved. We should remain in a privileged position. We should be princes riding on us back. Because you know our position. You know our position. We have been seated, you know, with Christ. Where? In the heavenly places in the other places. The next story we're engaging with today is the story of female students of Bayero University in Kano State, Nigeria, who, according to this report, are crying out for help as operatives of the Isbal police broke into their house in the middle of the night. So if you don't know what the Isbal police is, Isbal police will be the, the police arm of of a Sharia court. A Sharia court is a court that that makes decision and enforces Islamic law. Islamic law, basically. So, now there, there is a report that according to this, it says a video of female students of Bayro University Kano crying out for help as operatives of Isbal police broke into their house in the middle of the night has been shared online. While it's unclear why the Isbal operatives broke into the apartment, the ladies were heard calling out for help and for the real police. Now, of course, uh, we still have some context missing in this view, but what is clear is that nobody is in doubt as to what the Isbal police does. The Isbal police tries to enforce uh, the Sharia code of moral law. Now, let's bring to mind the case of that young girl in Iran that led to massive, massive protests, I think earlier this year or late last year, massive protests in, in Iran when the uh, Islamic police accosted that, that young lady and accused her of not dressing properly and then it was, and then 
detained her. Now, the lady is in coma because it was alleged that she was beaten and she was treated shabbily and manhandled so much so that she collapsed. She suffered some head injuries. Now she's still in coma and the matter is still there in Iran. The protests have died down because the family of the lady uh, has now come out to say that no, she was not treated. Uh, she was not treated awfully that she was not beaten she was not tortured many people believe uh, that those family members have been coerced or threatened uh, to take that position just to bother the point that uh, wherever you have islam reigning you have the hezbollah and you have the police force that is something we must always contrast with the christian worldview is, is it acceptable in the christian worldview for immorality to go on and for nobody to talk about it no we are called to admonish number one we are called to not associate with any deeds of darkness we are called to come out to come out of any any practice of idolatry or sexual immorality or anything that does not glorify god we are we are we are called to admonish uh, those who engage in it we are called to correct them we are called to rebuke them in love and gentleness but we are not called to enforce and and you find that that is something that stands us in stark contrast with the uh, people who adhere to the islamic faith we are not called to enforce god's laws in this world we are called to obey god's laws we are called to come out of those who don't obey God's laws. We are called to admonish the world to obey God's laws. We are called to correct those among us who are refusing to obey God's laws or to glorify him. But we are not called to enforce to enforce God's laws. We are not called to enforce them. Some say, what about some rules we have in churches? To make? Yes, there are rules. Those rules are meant to guide. They are meant to admonish. They are meant to... to, to keep the holiness... Of the body of Christ and there are good rules if they are if they are biblical but in terms of enforcement it is not for anybody uh, to say look I must force you enforcement means to force something to be done I must force you to to obey God I must force you to obey God no we know what God wants God wants those who will serve him with a loyal and a willing heart with a loyal and a willing heart go and read second chronicles when David was given the final charge to uh, to his son Solomon just before uh, the passing of David. He said to him, as for you, my son Solomon, I know, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. That's what God loves. Those who serve him with a willing mind and with a loyal heart. With a loyal heart and with a willing mind. And you see, that takes us back to uh, our first engagement this morning. Talking about those who would have preferred for God to have made man as robots. No, God wants people to serve him with a willing mind. He's not going to force you to do so. But he wants you to serve with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. And that is why the Christian person instead of thinking of establishing an isbar police or a police force that will that will enforce that will enforce the laws of god would pray that the lord will fulfill in the life of the sinner the promise made uh, made in made in ezekiel made in jeremiah made in, in hebrews the promise to take out the heart of stone and in his place to put the heart of flesh to write it would, it would, it would, that person will pray the Lord God of heaven to write on the heart of the sinner his laws because when the laws are already written in your heart you see you cannot deviate from it you become the captive of the will of God and it is important for us to, uh, to understand these things and indeed to marvel to marvel at those 
who continue to persist in these things and who suppose themselves doing God's work when they try to enforce when they try to enforce his law uh, it's 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 a sh- it's a shame that they do not know any better and finally on today's episode of on the Lord's side i want to end on a sobering note and this is the note of what i'm reading here now i understand that uh, the, a commission has been set up in an Ambra state said to be the truth justice and peace commission according to this uh, to, to this story the headline says we are still waiting for answers to the brutal killing of our father Late Akunyele's children tell Anambra State Truth, Justice, and Peace Commission. Do you know what is happening there? I, I hope you have the background to this story. There was a woman known as Professor Dora Akunyele, one of the one of the more respected public officials in Nigeria. She's now dead. She served as the Director General of the Agency in Charge of Food and Drug Administration in Nigeria. That was the agency called NAVDAC that is in charge of ensuring the safety and the standardization of food, drugs, food and drugs in Nigeria. And she did excellently well by many accounts. She stood up against those who profit from substandard, substandard medication in Nigeria, those who profit from it, stood up against those who would cut corners uh, in the things, in the food and the medication that is sold uh, to the Nigerian public. She was respected. Unfortunately, she was afflicted by cancer and died. And of course, has gone to has gone to a reward and may her memory continue to be blessed. Of course, uh, she was married and was married to Dr. Chike Akunyele. Now, this Dr. Chike Akunyele was gruesomely murdered two years ago. This this report says Obum Akunyele, one of the children said, he said this when he appeared before the Anambra State Truth, Justice and Peace Commission. Mr. Obum, that's the child of uh, Professor Akunyele, the woman, and Dr. Chike Akunyele, who was gruesomely murdered two years ago. He said what was more painful was that justice had not been done on their matter since their father was murdered at Umpo Idemli North Local Government Area on September 28, 2022. He said, quote, My father's death was senseless, violent, and barbaric. We are still trying to come to terms with it as a family. We are still waiting for answers to that killing. There are rumors, but no answers. There have been no trials. I don't think anybody has gone to court to answer for that murder, he said. Mr. Boom also said all they have got was insinuation that their father was killed by the so-called unknown gunman, but there hasn't been any fact to back the claim. He said the murder of their father was a great mistake and that whoever is responsible would live to regret it. You cannot, according to him, quote, you cannot rule out the fact that it was a politically charged period. There were lots of killings under the umbrella of unknown gunmen. So the accusations based on social media theories will not be correct. I feel everybody ran from the blame because of the personality of my father. Nobody wanted to be associated with his killing and nobody wanted to be identified as the person that killed Dora Akunili's husband. Anyway, long and short, this boy, so I'm sorry to call him, but this young man, this gentleman, in fact, is calling for uh, for resolution. I mean, and I want to take some steps back and to imagine the hor- the pain that would continue in the hearts of the children of Dr. Chike and Professor Dora Kunyeli in the manner that their father was killed. You know, right there, just on the street, 
by a non-government shot to shot uh, in cold blood and assassinated. So you can imagine the horror that lives with them, the pain that will continue in their heart. And now they are going to this commission set up by the Nairobi State Government to say, how can it be that this matter has not been investigated? Or if it has been investigated, how can it be that there has been no clue? Nobody has, has this, nobody can point out uh, who was responsible. Nobody has been arrested. Nobody has been put on trial. And there are many people like that calling out for justice in our different societies and saying, how can it be? How can it be? There are many people who are hurting like that. You pray that the Lord will shield you and shield me from instances like that. But there are people like that already and we should be praying that the Lord himself will comfort them. And more than that, we should be calling on these society, on our different societies and saying, look, God is interested in justice and God hates all those who walk against justice. God hates, God detests those who work against justice. Justice pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord. The Lord said in Amos, I do not care about your solemn assemblies. I do not and, and that's what we care about. We want to build fantastic churches and cathedrals and beautify which all good. Uh, but beyond that, we want also to have large churches, big congregation great music playing but god said i detest your congregation i don't want your songs ringing in my heart i don't want your offerings if you are not interested in justice if you're not going to be just just i don't want all those things so it is important for you and for me in our own little sphere of influence to be people who pursue justice pursue justice in your own sphere of influence where you can uh, in your office in your home in in any place where you have authority or influence you must be somebody who stands for justice and what is justice to give every man and woman his or a deal give to everybody give to each person his or a deal and in this case it is also justice for government to punish the offender. That is, go and read Romans. That is the purpose of government to punish uh, the offender. We do pray uh, that this matter will be taken seriously in Anambra State, that the governor would take it as incubate upon him to see this matter to its logical conclusion, and that those who are responsible for the death of the father of Mr. Obom Akinyoli will, will indeed be brought uh, to book. It's not going to lessen the pain. But at least it's going to give some form of closure. And then again, to that person, all those persons who carried out these, these dastardly act, they will be among those who say to themselves, oh, let the darkness fall on us so that nobody will see. They will be praying, let the darkness fall on us so that nobody will see. But they should be reminded of what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 139, that even the, even the, darkness will be as light about because the darkness and the light are alike to god the darkness and the light they are alike to the lord god almighty he sees through the darkness in daniel 2 uh, daniel said look you he reveals deep and secret things he knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him he knows what is the darkness let nobody think that he or she would escape god's judgment Thank you very much for sending with us this morning on Gospel Best Radio for On the Lord Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. I hope to be with you again next week. 
God bless you. Whatever you do, please remain firmly on the Lord's side. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Christ. 